You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Welcome to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, presented by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi's here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi's the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell. You can follow me on Twitter at RyanMC23. Joining me, as always, is Matt Williamson. Find Matt on Twitter at WilliamsonNFL. Matt, how are you doing? I am swell. How are you? I'm good. We, good. we made it through another week. Uh, it was for a lot of a lot of fantasy teams and leagues the first week of the playoffs, and it was kind of a rough one for me. It, it <laughs> did, did not go my way. Uh, but it, it looks like you and I might be on a collision course, I think. Did you did you win your game? I think so. Let me double check as we look here. <laughs> that's uh that's hyperactive two, right? No, that's yeah. four. No, it's two. No, 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 it's two, two. It's two, yeah. I got those two yeah. confused because I did I'm good in two, I was bad in four. So there you have it. Yeah, same same here. We, so we're uh, the two top teams. We might have we might have something to talk about next week. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, I'm up by eleven points, and I yeah I won that one. I'm in good shape. Oh yeah, very nice, very nice. Matt, uh, today I want to talk about and and kind of reflect on what we saw in Week 14 uh, because we saw three big time performances from rookies. I think in a couple of ways, or, or in a couple of these cases, I should say these were expected. Uh, and really expected weeks ago. Um, but one of them, at least to me, was a bit of a surprise, and, and let's start with that one. I just want to get your thoughts on, on what you saw on the field from these players, uh, and we'll talk a little bit about their dynasty value as well. Jalen Hurts gets his first start with the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, not only plays very well, puts up some fantasy points, and most importantly, at least from a real-life perspective and from uh, for Jalen Hurts' future, leads his team to a huge win over the Saints. Hurts ends up with 167 passing yards, one touchdown, rushes 18 times for 106 yards, and became just the second quarterback in league history to rush for 100 yards in his first start. Lamar Jackson, of course, was the other one, so joining some really elite company there. What did you think of Jalen Hurts' performance? Well, I think people are too excited about it. I mean, this team, first of all, I'll come out and be clean on this one. I'm a Wentz guy. It's taken me a long time to give him as much blame as he deserves. I'm all in on Wentz. Obviously, that's been shaken quite a bit, but it's been taking me a while to get off that train. And I watched that game thinking... I can't imagine what Wentz is thinking. Like, finally we use Miles Sanders when I'm not in the game. You know, like, how much Miles Sanders <laughs> yeah. did we have last week? It's like, yeah. it, it takes for me to go to the bench for us to feature Miles Sanders. Like, where was that months ago? Like, we would have been a lot better off. And, frankly, I've been calling that forever. A big thing I like to do, though, Ryan, is the, the first game or two that any quarterback starts in their career, it's not scientific. It's just, do they look like they belong? And I will say Jalen Hurts looked like he belonged. He didn't seem frenetic. He seemed like the game was not too big for him. He's been in games before, so maybe that has helped. You know, he's seen what NFL action is like. 
But I have a lot of blame towards the Saints' defense, which has been excellent. It was almost like they had no clue who he was. You know, they were big running lanes. The way that they rushed him from a pass rush standpoint made no sense. You got to keep him in the pocket and make him throw. I mean, you had to have a college scouting report on this guy. If I know who he is, the Saints should know who he is. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. they made it too easy on him. Yeah, it was it was definitely surprising what we saw from the Saints uh, on defense, especially. Um, they had been so strong against the running game, especially this season. And, and then not only does uh, does Jalen Hurts rush for over a hundred yards in the game, Miles Sanders does as well. In fact, the Saints defense had not given up a hundred a hundred yard rusher all season long, and, and then they get stung twice in the same game. Yeah. So a, a major surprise there. Uh, but I agree, you just watch that game and don't look at the box score, don't look at your fantasy scores, just just based on feel and, and kind of your gut of watching that game. And I agree, it, it did feel like Jalen Hurts uh, belonged in the league and belongs in that offense. I have no idea what that means for Carson Wentz. I'm with you. I'm still a Carson Wentz fan. I would still be buying him low, especially in super flex leagues. Do you think, and before we get into Jalen Hurts value a little more, do you think Carson Wentz is on this Eagles roster in 2021? I don't know. I mean, they would have to trade him and they still would take a big cap hit. You can't cut him and nor should they. If I had to pick what I think is most likely is it'll come out this offseason that Wentz and Hurts are going to battle for the, the the starting job in camp. It's going to be an even fight. Because frankly, I bet Hurts does not finish this season out as a, a terror that all of, and just sweeps the league by storm. I still have serious doubts. But man, this goes back to my, my Wentz love though. I keep thinking that, like, Frank Reich's looking at him going, man, I could buy him low right now. When am I going to get an opportunity like this? So I'm going to say I think it'll be a battle between Wentz and Hurts. But, boy, I'd be on the phone with the Eagles. Yeah, I, I love the idea of, of uh, meeting up again with, with Frank Reich and, and moving to Indianapolis. That that certainly fits with um, with Philip Rivers nearing the end of his career. I would love to see that, and, and just comes down to the financial end of things. So it sounds like if you've got Jalen Hurts on your roster, Matt, you're in a super flex league, you're looking to, to capitalize off this hype, off this big performance, yes. and, and you're ready to sell him. Is that fair? Yeah, I mean – what percent chance do you think he's the week one starter next year? Like, if Wentz is still around, I got to think that it's an even-steven battle. Like, I doubt after the next three weeks we're going to say, Hurts is the man going forward, Wentz is a backup and or out of the picture. And even if you were to trade Wentz, you can't possibly go into next year just with Hurts and not somebody else. Like, maybe you get Cam Newton on the cheap or something. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm moving them. Yeah, yeah, those are all good points. I, I do think, uh, and, and well, it's obvious that his value has gone up. I think you can probably get a first rounder in a super flex league right now. Yes, uh, and and if it's you, you're taking that. Yes, yes. I yeah, mean, I'm. Could you I'm get not Jerry sure if Judy? I am. Oh yeah, yeah. I think oh, you, I think yeah, you, yeah. I think you maybe could. Yeah, 
Yeah, something like that. I mean, not that you get C.D. Lamb, but can you get a young, very promising receiver, you know, or something like that? Or one of these running backs we're going to talk about? I'm all in on that. All right. So we'll we'll check back in next week. Uh, of course, although Doug Peterson tried to be coy after the game and say he wasn't ready to name Jalen Hurts his starter for next week, um, he, he ultimately – reverse course on that and, and yeah. did go ahead and say Hertz was getting the start again, which we all knew at that point, Matt, another player who enjoyed a breakout game. Uh, and this one, like I said, was more expected. Jonathan Taylor, huge, huge game. It had been slowly building for Taylor over the past two to three weeks. And, and then finally just explodes 20 carries, 150 yards, two touchdowns, catches a couple passes for 15 yards as well. He's he's basically just living up to everything we expected and and we hoped. I know a lot of people rank Taylor as a as a top five dynasty running back almost from from the beginning, and then when we saw the injuries early on, uh, he, he was climbing even higher in ranks. And and then since then there had been some doubters as he had struggled and his usage had not been what we had all hoped. So where are you now with Taylor and how he fits in this uh, this dynasty running back landscape? Yeah, and uh, we had a really good conversation on Peacock and Williamson today, also on the Locked On Network. Check that out about Taylor. And my co-host, Brian, had a really good point saying, one thing I haven't seen from Taylor that we just assumed would be there was the breakaway speed. And long speed's not the most important thing for running backs, but, you know, Chubb and even... Young Fournette, when they used to get in the open field, they ran away from people. And we hadn't seen that at all from Taylor before this game. And I'm not super big on the next-gen mile-per-hour stats and whatnot, but he got up to top speeds and ran away from people. So it's still there. We knew he had a great 40 time. So I thought that was encouraging. You know, He had a lot of long runs, obviously, at the college level. I think he's coming around nicely. I need to do an off-season study on why these rookie running backs took longer to come around than we thought in this COVID crazy non-practice era. You would think that would be an easy position, but it wasn't for any of these guys. I'm in, but I'm not sure that he's a... I'm not sure I'm taking him over Miles Sanders or Mixon or somebody like that. Okay. Wow. So he's maybe outside of the top 10 for you, potentially? Maybe. Well, Miles Sanders is a bad example because we talked about him last week and didn't have him in the top 10. But um, I don't love Jonathan Taylor as a runner as much as some other people do. I mean, like I Aaron think- Jones versus Jonathan Taylor? Jones. Nick Chubb? I was to say, I, I think Chubb's a much better football player. And I'll lean towards him still in fantasy, too. Jacobs? No, his, he's hurt too much. Yeah, and Hen- Derrick Henry? No, I don't think he's long for this world. But I also think Naheem Hines isn't going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's move over to your guy, Cam Akers. Uh, I know you've been you have you've never given up on Akers, uh, although he like for a while. yeah, like just like Taylor, he had some struggles. And then on Thursday night, he has the big game. Twenty nine carries. That was almost the most impressive part. Was was that workload? Twenty nine carries, one seventy one couple catches for him as well for 23 yards no touchdowns so had a big game could have been even bigger if he found the end zone uh, I, I know you like I said you've loved acres all along so I'm assuming this is just cementing your your thoughts there yeah I am a big fan I think that they want to 
protect Goff and run the ball a lot, and sometimes they've drifted away from that because it's you know been coming and gone. I like Henderson, but I think he's a part-time player. I think Brown is a total jag, and he's fine, but he doesn't move the needle one way or another. I All think right. this is Akers' backfield, and I'm a believer, yes. So who do you view as having more competition? And we'll throw we'll throw J.K. Dobbins in this as well with the Baltimore backfield. Between Dobbins, Taylor, and, and Akers, who should be more worried about their competition, or, or who should fantasy players be more worried about when it comes to competition in their own backfield? Ingram, Brown, and Wilkins don't worry me at all, big picture. Right. Henderson scares me the most, actually. I thought you might say Hines there. Yeah, I mean, he's certainly the receiving back. Yeah. But I think Henderson, I could write a script where Henderson beats out Akers for the one job. Hines can't do that. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. And Edwards never will. Gus. So, uh, when it comes down to it, Akers or Taylor? Taylor. I mean, I recognize he went earlier and he's going to score more touchdowns. I've been more of an Akers guy than a Taylor guy, but that doesn't mean I'm picking them over them straight up. Yeah, that's fair. Matt, when we come back, we're going to get into some Dynasty ADP for December. But first, this episode is brought to you by 1010. Now, you may have read about this in the New York Times or Forbes, and we're excited to tell you about it. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings by 10 of the most distinct designers working today. Only using you know, using only diamonds res- res- responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful commitment ring launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. And when they're gone, they're gone. Uh, we all know that the diamond engagement ring is iconic. It's a timeless expression of the deepest commitment between two people. And with 1010, it's been beautifully re-envisioned in the hands of 10 modern design- designers working exclusively with substantially sourced, uh, sustainably sourced diamonds. I apologize. You're, you're, if you're making 2021 plans or looking for a unique and meaningful way to celebrate va- Valentine's Day, you're definitely going to want to check this out. Again, this excited limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on January 18th, and you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com. We are back, and uh, just a reminder before we get into our Dynasty ADP, we're going to talk about January 80, December ADP, I'm sorry, going to talk about December ADP very soon. Before we do that, though, just a reminder that tomorrow we'll be back with a couple of dynasty value studies looking at two players uh, who are gaining dynasty value, talking trade, uh, trade value, ADP, rankings, all that fun stuff that we enjoy yeah. doing on our dynasty value studies. Matt, let's get into December ADP. This is uh, just about complete. Our data is almost complete and will be over on DLF very soon. Uh, no surprise, though, that Christian McCaffrey sits at the top. I guess I should say no surprise because yeah, he's, been, surprise. He, he's been the 101 uh, basically throughout the season, even though he's missed the majority of the season with the injury. 
so so you are a little surprised, you say. I mean, I don't know who else would beat him out, so he would be my pick as well. Yeah, I think that's what it comes down to. Right. But it's kind of like, it's a bad example, but Lev Bell sitting out the year, I mean, that usually doesn't help you. I, I would like to see one big game from McCaffrey here on out. But if I were the Panthers' ownership, I would shut him down. I'd shut down Mixon. He still needs to be the guy, but he kind of flushed the year down the toilet, and that's bad for running backs. Yeah, and, and McCaffrey's certainly not old, but no. uh, like like you said, any any running back beyond 25, you you lose an entire year, and, and it could be a killer. It certainly is a killer to dynasty players. You took you took McCaffrey at 101 last offseason and, and got almost nothing from him, so certainly frustrating. 1.02. Are you surprised by this? DK Metcalf. No, because he's so freaky. But he's not a running back, so he wouldn't be one-two for me. <laughs> you know, I mean, right. I, I get it, but he can have ten amazing years. But I want running backs to put up huge points every week. Yeah, you look at the top, um, the top five players here, and, and these McCaffrey was the. Clear number one. We do multiple mock drafts every month. He was the top choice in all of them. But after him, Metcalf and these three running backs that we're going to to get into next, those four guys had virtually the same ADP. So okay. could see could see them go really in any order. And you won't be surprised by the names. I don't think you'll be surprised by the order either. Alvin Kamara, Saquon Barkley, they actually had the exact same ADP, so they're next in line at 3 and 4, and then Dalvin Cook at 1.05. How are you valuing those guys, and, and do you think they're as, as close as I do, or is there a clear favorite from that group of three for you? Cook's extensive injury history would probably make him last, but Barkley's in that conversation now too. I mean, it's a big one. I just think Barkley's uniquely talented. The Giants are going in the right direction. So I'll take him over Cook. Kamara worries me, though, too, with life without Drew Brees. Will he have as many receptions with any quarterback, let alone Taysom Hill? So I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to trade out if I'm at 1, 3, 4, 5. Yeah, I would throw one one in that as well. Yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't want an early pick. I could tell already. Yeah, me too. In in these upcoming uh, startup drafts that we'll that we'll see over the next few months and over the off season. And honestly, as I look at the rest of these players that we'll talk about next, I'm not sure I want a first round pick at all. Uh, if I can move down and get multiple seconds or thirds, and and we say that almost every year, uh, but it's the the depth. And, and just the depth of talent uh, is becoming bigger every year mm-hmm. and deeper every year and, and more impressive. And, and it does allow you to move down. Um, when 10 good receivers enter the NFL every year. Yeah. You know, like, and you can get them in the fourth round or third round. Yeah. Trade down. So after our, uh, a- after DK and these three running backs, we see three other players that are closely grouped again, very similar ADP, Coming in at 6 overall, 1.06 is Devontae Adams, 1.07 Tyreek Hill, 1.08 A.J. Brown. Uh, any thoughts on those three or um, my the only order thoughts, there My only thought, thoughts on those is uh, 
DK and AJ are the same to me. I understand why some of them might prefer DK, but Adams and Hill are the same to me. And I might rather have Adams and Hill than the youngsters. I just think that they're not... I wouldn't put them in that order. You know, DK, Adams, Hill, Brown. I'd either go DK, Brown, Adams, Hill, or I'd go yeah. Adams, Hill, DK, AJ. Right, I think that's fair. And, and uh, it does kind of... It stands out a little bit when you see Metcalf above the other those other three receivers, even though he's he's definitely been so impressive this year and uh, and obviously is young. But we could say the same thing about AJ Brown, and you see him several spots lower. Right, right. Uh, any receivers that that you would expect to see with those guys? Do you feel like those are the clear top four dynasty wide receivers right now? I think, I mean, I think Michael Thomas and DeAndre Hopkins are not far off. But what about Justin Jefferson? I know you're a C.D. Lamb fan, but Justin Jefferson's doing remarkable stuff. I mean, I think he should be in this conversation. Uh, yeah, I think so as well. And uh, we'll get to the rest of the first round here in just a moment. But this is, you know, spoiler alert, this is the end of the wide receivers. Mm-hmm. We've got four wide receivers in the first round. It's DK at 1.02. And then the other three are bunched in together towards that middle part of the of the first round. Again, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, A.J. Brown, and then we're going to get into some more running backs to finish out the first round. But absolutely, I think Justin Jefferson not only belongs in the conversation, but when we look at some of these running backs we're going to talk about, I, I think you can make a strong case he belongs in the first round above some of the running backs. Um, has Jefferson surpassed Lamb for you? Yeah, I think he has. I think he he has. Yeah. Um, and That's and all the things that, right? It, it's just hard hard to deny all the things that Lamb had going for him. In some ways, uh, Jefferson has a similar story. You, you know, you think maybe they're both capped at the at the wide receiver two for their team. You know, Thielen's there, Amari's there. Um, you worry about in, in Minnesota's case, you worry about a run heavy offense, but that even though they have built that offense around Dalvin cook, uh, that hasn't been a problem. He's, no. he's take, taken advantage, um, of, of his opportunity, even though the typically Dallas has been, has been passing more. So, uh, it, it just feels like every, check in in uh, cd lamb's favor ha- has kind of shifted at this point that's well said. Uh, when it comes to comparing those two and kirk cousins is fine yeah yeah fine just yeah, fine right he's fine <laughs> G- good enough <laughs> right they throw it he, well he's been he's been good enough to support uh two top 12 wide receivers so far this year so that's that's pretty good uh, let's finish out this first round, Matt. We've got four running backs, and really, I should say five running backs because at the end we've got a uh, we've got a tie. So the next tier is DeAndre Swift and Josh Jacobs. I was surprised to see Josh Jacobs that high. Yes, I'm really surprised about this next one too. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. You this is and this is why we want to trade out of the first round. You get to this late first round. Uh, area and you just think who do I take do I reach for you know air quotes reach for Justin Jefferson Uh, I guess I have to take this guy it's Ezekiel Elliott at 1.11 I I often share some of this data on Twitter as well and and the the consensus when I posted this 
last week was shock that Zeke was still in the first round and shock that Miles Sanders was still in the first round. He's the 1.1.12 and actually Derrick Henry, I guess we could I guess we could call Derrick Henry the 2.01, but Sanders and Henry have the exact same ADP at the end of the first, beginning of the second round. So we'll squeeze we'll squeeze 13 players into this first round conversation. Matt, I'm not taking Jacobs in the first round. No. I'm not taking Zeke in the first round. Uh, I still like Sanders. We talked about him last week in our value study, but I'm not taking him in the first round. I'm not taking Derrick Henry in the first round. Swift is the only one that I think you could make a case for just uh, just based on the idea that maybe this is the beginning of, of his elite run. Maybe he's the next mm, Alvin Kamara, maybe. In that neighborhood, maybe. I mean, I don't think that's too far-fetched. I don't know that he'll be as dynamic as Kamara. But he doesn't have a coach or quarterback necessarily yet. I mean, maybe as Stafford. uh, There's some uncertainty there, too. I mean, I I, I would take him over Jacobs and Elliott for sure, though, and and Sanders. But is Swift necessarily your favorite rookie running back? You know, we already had a conversation about Akers and Taylor. (laughs) Yeah, well, we no, he's not. Okay. Um, I mean, he he might be. He's in the conversation. I still love J.K. Dobbins. Me too. Um, but we've talked so much about you know, honestly, just the wishy washiness of of dynasty players. Swift has that has that one big game, uh, and and that's enough to push him into the first round. And uh, if we we started these mock drafts on on December first, so now we're we're two weeks past that. If we started those same drafts right now, after what we saw from Taylor and from uh, from Acres, well, Taylor certainly would be a first rounder, absolutely, maybe yeah. even a top five pick, and and Acres could be in this conversation as well, because if you look at this first round and you think we're not taking Jacobs or Zeke or Sanders or Henry, who are we taking? Who who's going into those spots? Taylor, Jefferson, Nick Chubb. I'm a little shocked, and I was never super high on him, but I'm a little shocked that people haven't soured on Elliott, but have soured on Edward Zolaire, that he's not even brought up. Yeah, that's fa- that's that's fair. I mean, Edward Zolaire is, according to this data, the, the 2.02, so he's, he's still in the conversation. He's not for but, me. I'm not a big fan, but... No, no, I, I'm not taking him in the first round either. No. I guess when it comes down to it, we we think of these players as as groups of twelve, and um, a, a lot of times that's just not the way it works. Tiers, player tiers, are so much more important than first round versus second round versus third round. And right now, there's just not twelve strong first round options. There might be five or six, and then uh, from the middle of the first round until the beginning of the third or fourth round or, or deep into the third round, I should say it all, it all feels about the same. I mean, you look at the end of the third round, we didn't, didn't want to go this deep into the data, but late third round, Joe Mixon, Stefan Diggs, George Kittle, Chris Godwin, Juju Smith Schuster. Is there a ton of difference between those players and, and Derek Henry or Miles Sanders or Josh Jacobs value wise? I don't think there is. No, that's a neighborhood I want to be shopping in. If I can get, three or four picks in that neighborhood and not have a first rounder sign me up. Right. Right. I agree. 
Matt, we already t- we talked a little bit about the second round uh, with a couple of these players, but we're going to dig into it a little more tomorrow cool. along with our Dynasty Value Study. Break through your wall, whether it's a mental or physical wall or emotional, whatever. Break through it with Go Every Day. Um, Go Every Day, they, they come in 1.5 ounce packages, very easy. You can throw them in your briefcase for your presentation, your golf bag to get a little more on the back nine, or just take it with you wherever you go or the gym, whatever you're going to deal with. But Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's like five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's much better for your body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and way better results. I mean, uh, Built Go comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, chocolate, mint. Um, but how does it work so well? Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is a fast absorbing, so it gets into my system fast, plus it's easy on the stomach. It's loaded with all kinds of good stuff to ignite your work, too. I mean, B3, honey, a kick of caffeine, Built Go then kicks you, kicks to keep me moving all day going strong, too, with B6, B12. Uh, collagen pr- promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. So here's what you got to do. Visit BuiltGo.com, use the promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Matt, we are back. Let's answer one listener question today. This comes from my buddy, one of my co-workers over at Dynasty League Football, Jeremy Schwab. Uh, it's at Jer Schwab on Twitter. And uh, Jeremy says, on your rosters where you did not make the playoffs, what major things held you back? What does this tell you about where your offseason priorities should and will be in the coming months? I love this question. This yeah, is really wow. a question all dynasty players should be asking themselves because we get to the end of the season and, and sometimes we're sometimes we're burnt out or sometimes we're on the other end and we just want to do a new startup because we, those are so fun. Uh, But either direction you're going, you don't necessarily reflect on, uh, on the season that just wrapped up and, and how you could really improve yourself as a dynasty player. So Matt, let's, let's start with you. I don't know if you have many teams that didn't make the playoffs, hopefully not, but if you did or if you've had teams that have already been eliminated from the playoffs, what held those teams back? Two things, and I've been preaching since the Dynasty Blueprint Day, I'm always going to build with running backs, but I feel like there's a couple teams that I just got too thin at running back, and it's too hard to find. I don't want to be in the trade market. I almost think that... Second, third, fourth round rookie picks, and I always have a couple extras, should almost all be running backs. You know, like, just bring a ton of them onto my roster. Dedicate a big portion of my roster to young running backs because through the course of the year, they're going to be relevant for a week here and there, if not more. I mean, I'm not saying you're going to get the James Robinson or Miles Gaskin. Those guys are pretty late down the the pecking order. But... I, I think just when in doubt, add young running backs because there's always a time you're shorthanded throughout the year. And this is something I shouldn't admit as a host of a dynasty podcast, but I do this for a living. So, you know, my teams, I could put more effort into my teams, frankly. I'm in seven leagues. I can't tell you 
exactly every player I have in every league. I got to go check. And I, I, if I was only in three, I would be much more involved. I would be thinking about every little thing. And I get a little thin. And it's a little embarrassing because I bring it upon myself. And I just get busy doing other things and other things that get I get paid for in my job this time of year that I, I wish I was a little bit more of a diligent owner and calling people for trades more and pouncing on things a little bit better than I do. Well, Matt, I, I should have gone first because that the second point you made there is exactly what I was right. going to say. Like like so many others, I got caught in, in the quarantine. I got weak and I joined uh, way too many dynasty leagues this past off season and, and paid the price. Most of those, most of the leagues that I joined uh, over the past year, over the past nine months, I did not do especially well this first year in those leagues. So that's, uh, that's a little disappointing, but I think part of my struggles in, in the leagues where I didn't make the playoffs overall was exactly what you said, just not putting enough time into it not being not being active enough and when i think back to my my start of playing dynasty that's really what i what kind of what i hung my hat on i i mean i'm not a i'm not a scout like you i'm not um an analytics guru you know but really what i felt like i did better than anybody else in my league at that point was i was more active not only did i know yeah. my roster i knew everybody else's roster and uh, I knew I knew who was on the waiver wire. If, if uh, a hot name w- was out, uh, you know, was out there, or if somebody got hurt, I knew if their backup was available. I knew I could go grab them. Uh, yep. If I needed to make a trade, I knew who was strong at running back or tight end or whatever. Um, and when that's, the pounce. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. that's I've, that's fallen off, and and part of it is just busyness of life. I mean, we're talking about fifteen plus years ago, and. That was that was before kids. That was before um, I was doing obviously more in, with with this side gig. You said it was your full time job. It's not my full time job. I, I wish it was, but um, I, so I've got uh, I've got that day job um, keeping me busy as well. So it's just it's just time management, I guess. That's that's what held me back, uh, and I don't want to just blame that. I don't want to say if I had. If I had been active, I would have won. That's not fair to to my league mates and things like that, but it certainly would have helped. And mm-hmm. the rest of Jeremy's question, what does that tell you about where your offseason priorities should be? I mean, I guess the obvious answer is leaving leagues, but I, I don't want to I, I don't want to do that. Yeah. yeah, that's 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 not always the answer, especially if you're talking about leagues you just joined a year ago. that's that's not ideal, I don't think. Um, so, it goes, yeah, it goes back to that time management. Yeah, I'd, I'd be more proud of myself if I was, if I knew who had Nick Chubb in all seven of my leagues, and the second yeah. he sprains a, gets a hangnail, I call up that owner. You know what I mean? I, I just, I can't do that. I have to be spread through too thin, and it's not lack of effort. I mean, trust me, if I lived in my parents' basement and did nothing outside in the real world and only did football, I would probably be that dedicated, but I would rather go see my daughter's softball game and have a life, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. fair. That's fair, I guess. Uh, but as that's I said, if, 
if you're if you're a dynasty player, I'm assuming you are if you're listening to this show, ask yourself that question. I'll say it again one more time from Jeremy. On your rosters where you did not make the playoffs, what major things held you back? What does this tell you about where your offseason priorities should and will be in the coming months? Great question from Jeremy. And thanks to everyone for listening. That does it for today's show. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Remember to follow the show at Locked On Dynasty. Follow Matt at Williamson NFL, and I'm Ryan MC23. We'll be back next time with more Locked On Dynasty.